starting and scaling a business during COVID-19. That's what Alexandra Weinstein and her business partner did. They started August and Monroe, a makeup line out of Toronto and Tampa, and they scaled the company. They went through a useful learning exercise, both in scaling product manufacturing and also on how to scale a team appropriately when you're first starting out. I really liked hearing Alexander's story. I think you all will as well. So stick around for this episode. But before we get into it, as always, this is brought to you by Cave, a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow with social media. If you're stuck and feel like you need help with some social media, head over to cavesocial.com. All right, sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. What's going on, my beautiful marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting with Alexandra Weinstein. She's joining me from Tampa Bay. She is the CMO and co-founder at August and Monroe. Alexandra, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. So we talked a little bit off air, and I want to get right into it. You started a business during COVID. Why? (laughs) (laughs) And then walk me through that journey to date and kind of like, what's been happening and I'll just pop in and ask questions. But first I want to know like why, what was the thing that like that moment, that inciting incident that led you to say, okay, I need to start this business. Yeah. So my background is I've been a makeup artist for 10 years. I started my career in Toronto in Canada. And then I've always really had a passion for, you know, making people feel confident from the inside and out. I never wanted to cover what people have. I always want to enhance what they have. So that's kind of been my style of makeup and how I would, you know, sell products to people because I also had a little boutique business that I had as well back in 2016. It ended up failing completely because I ended up getting too carried away with the different product lines that I wanted to have. So basically what I did was I started a private label company while I was in makeup school. And I thought to myself, I'm doing people's makeup and at the end of it, they want to take my lipstick to reapply I should sell them because if I sell them, then I could just make 20 bucks here or there and they could walk away with their lipstick. So that's what I did. And I started off with six different shades of lipstick. And as that went on, it did really, really well. And I got too caught up in that like stay where you are, don't grow too fast. And I went into a whole different range of product ranges for a private label business. And what ended up happening was it got you know, too much, too fast, and it ultimately failed. And I love to tell that story just because I learned so much from that failure on what to do and what not to do. And also I was young. I was 21 when I started that. So it really, really taught me, you know, it it was a loss in money for sure, but it really taught me just the basics of business and the basics of, you know, staying where you are and not going too fast down anything. So that was my first business. And as that went on, I just had such a passion for creating products. I would go on Instagram and share all my products all the time and then became kind of like an influencer, if you would say. And I really, really just love talking about all sorts of products. So then fast forward, I met my business partner and he told me that he wears makeup to cover his pimples. And I looked at him and I was like, oh, that's cool. Show me what you have. And he showed me this like, I won't say the brand, but this stick and it had salicylic acid in it and it concealed his pimples and healed them at the same time. I looked at it, I was like, this is crap ingredients. This is awful. It doesn't even cover you properly. I have an idea. Like we need to formulate something like this and have it be matching towards, you know, 20 different shade ranges. So that's kind of how it started. It started by, you know, his idea of what he brought to me. And then I ended up taking something from that and forming it into 
this product that we have now, Blemish Camouflage. So this was in March 2019. We went to our first lab here in St. Petersburg, Florida. So we went to the lab in St. Pete and basically they were like, this is amazing. Let's try and figure out, here's the R&D fee. We'll try and figure out how to do this for you, the chemist. Turns out they called us a month later and was like, we cannot do this. This is too complicated. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. I'm like, no, cannot take no for an answer here. We need to have this work. Please, I'll do anything. Let's just find the best ingredients. Because for them, we have something called a color-changing bead in our formula. And with that, it's like a proprietary blend. So basically, that's really, really hard to find. And a lot of chemists didn't want to work with that. So then we ended up finding a really great lab in New Jersey that was able to make that blend for us. So we ended up making it work. But it's just so funny to think about if I would have listened to their no, you know, maybe I wouldn't be here right now which is crazy. And then furthermore, coming into the pandemic, we didn't necessarily plan to launch in the pandemic. This was kind of planned out for a year and a half before the pandemic hit. We went to a packaging show in January of 2020, and we found our packaging supplier there. And it was amazing. The formula was done. We just needed the perfect packaging. We found them. It was amazing. A month later, everything halted and just shut down. So now we're sitting here like for the first time in my whole life, I've had absolutely nothing to do, no responsibilities except for just staying still while everyone is trying to figure out this global supply chain issue. Packaging came from China. So that was hard in itself. And then the lab in New Jersey that had the proprietary blend was shut down. So we had nothing to do for about six months until July of 2020, everything got up and running again. So then we launched September 2020. So when you launched, right? So you're in that holding pattern. Was the pathway, well, one, like, congrats for getting through that because that's crazy time. So when you went to market, was the plan, is this like, was it like, okay, retail? Was it all e-com? Was it regional? Like, what was the plan to get that first blemish sold that wasn't to, you know, friends and family? To get that first outside customer, what was the plan for that? In the beginning, uh, we didn't really think of anything. There was no pandemic. There was no mask acne. And then bingo, all of a sudden, people were wearing masks and had mask acne. So we started saying, oh my God, this is incredible. What As bad as it is to launch in a pandemic, we now formulated something two years ago that would help mask acne form, okay? So our product, you can wear by itself as a concealer or you can leave it on white as a spot treatment. So there's many different uses to our product, but people can wear it under their masks and feel like they're you know, making sure that their skin is being healed and not being forming acne, right? So that was our first marketing initiative to really blow up in terms of having that niche. Because in the beginning, people asked, what's your target demographic? What's your target age? What's your location? What's interest that people are interested in? I said, everyone gets a pimple. How hard is it going to be to find an exact niche of a, you know, a target audience to find? So that really helped us kind of pivot into it and figure out exactly who we wanted to target. And basically the mask acne thing is how we really started the launch campaign of it. And initially in Canada, that's when it really took off because of my following on social media, friends and family, etc. And then a month later, we started utilizing Facebook, Facebook ads to market the product. And then did you run into any scaling issues as you started to, I know you all have ramped the sales pretty quickly. Were there any friction points? Were you using a, a co-packing facility? Like how, walk me through that process and like, okay, cool. Were there any like you have today, right? There's supply issues happening. Are you sitting there being like, dang, like 
we have X amount of inventory, we have this much sales, like any of those struggles that they come into play as you were starting to scale out and, and, you know, sell to a broader audience? Yeah. So what ended up happening is we thought that we, our initial run was 8,000 units. We thought we would sell 8,000 units in a year. That's what we forecasted for. We ended up selling 8,000 units in six months. So come that point, we were at this standstill moment. We're going to run out of inventory. What do we do? Coming from not having really any experience with number one supply chain already, you know, previously and also coming into the pandemic. And number two, we didn't know how long it was going to take to reorder. So yes, we did come into a little bit of a situation where our packaging was taking too long. The raw materials weren't able to come to the lab in time. And we actually sold out for an entire month in September, which was, it's people say, oh, that's a great thing. You were sold out. No, 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 no. When you're sold out of your hero product and it's coming into the holiday season, like it it was terrible for us. It, It was terrible mentally. It was hard because I had to stop driving the car. You know what I mean? I had to stop driving that channel, that funnel that's bringing us sales. And then come October, I had to restart that car again. And it was really, really difficult for me, not just like, you know, work wise, but mentally it was challenging. Now, how did you handle that from a community? communication standpoint to customers where you're just like honest where you're like hey here's the deal like things are on cargo ships or was it like yeah how did you do that so what we did was actually one of our messagings in our company is transparency is key so for one we have an ingredient dictionary that explains to people what's actually inside the product because we are clean beauty but a lot of people will see an ingredient and not know what it is so transparency is key is something that we've had you know always throughout our company and that comes again in play with the question you just asked so come the last week of august i wrote an email a note from Alexandra from the founder at August Monroe, due to the supply chain issues right now, we are very limited stock and we will not be back in stock till September 28th or, or whatever date it was. And I'm so sorry for bringing you the bear of bad news, but I just wanted you guys to have a chance to get the product now in case you were running low. And with that transparency, we had like a huge spike in sales that day and we were sold out five days later. So a lot of people ended up buying like five of them, four of them. And it was really cool for me to see actually like who was buying and and really wanting it like our product lasts for about six months to even eight so you know seeing a return customer rate is is kind of difficult from your first year in business but then seeing that email come to fruition on on how many people ordered how many products they ordered per order you know that really taught us wow like people are really really interested in this and, and don't want to run out so that was that was a pretty cool feeling Amazing. So you're at this point, right? You've got velocity, you're growing, sales are coming in, you're handling orders, like you figured out ways to scale the product. Now I want to flip to the HR side of things, scaling the team. I guess, have there been any immediate challenges and what's next on that front? Is it building a big internal team? Do you want to take over the world? What we did and what I think is a really great method to anyone that's coming into business and not really knowing where to start, you don't necessarily need a big team, but find really great freelancers. Find really great freelancers because you don't need someone to work 40 hours a week, but you need people to work on different projects. So we utilized Upwork to be able to pull from whether it was a graphic designer that we needed, whether it was um, someone to help in marketing for Facebook ads. So we really utilized different platforms to really capture you know, our team. And then as time went on, we ended up actually hiring someone full-time that was a freelancer for four months. And as we grew, she grew with us. And then I looked at her and I said, come 
August, we are going to be hiring full time. I, I promise you that. I just know it. And then it ended up happening. I just, uh, it was just a great feeling to know that I literally looked at her and was like, I promise you, I'm going to end up hiring you soon full time. And we did. And she's actually the only other person part of our team full time right now. Everyone else that we utilize as freelancers. Amazing. I love that too, right? Is like, so then you're not burning a bunch of capital on HR on people with them if they're not enough. And like you said, it's as you scale the, on the product side to know, okay, we're just going to pay specialists and pay people to go, hey, I know I need a person for Facebook ads. Amazing. And I don't need a person in 40 hours a week. I need a specialist for a few hours. I need a specialist for a project. And then you're able to keep your overhead low because anybody who's listening to this podcast knows that if you go in gangbusters and hire 25 people, that payroll bill starts to get real, real high, real, real quick. So yeah, I like that. Yeah. Now, for anybody who wants to learn more about the company, where should they go? And then two, if they want to connect with you online, what's the best place to do so? You can connect with us at, at August N. Monroe on Instagram and on our website, it's www.augustmonroe.com. Amazing. And I will put links to both of those in the show notes page. Alexander, thank you so much for coming on and telling your story. Super inspirational. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time.